how much of what you have is from God? You say, well, no, I worked hard for it. Okay, then who gave you the ability to work? Who gave you the ability to breathe, to think, to use your hands, to use your feet? That's God. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Welcome back to In Grace. This is Jim Scudder, and today we are going to talk about giving and first fruits and talk about how important it is to not only give, but to give God first and best. And I hope that's a principle that you've already learned. And this is just a reinforcement. Uh, often when I'm reading the Bible or I'm listening to a sermon, what I'm hearing, I have already learned, but we are really good as human beings at forgetting. And so it's, it's often just a reminder or to reprioritize giving. So that's maybe what God is is wanting from you today as you hear in grace. And uh, we're going to be looking at four days of giving, four days of giving. And I hope that uh, what we say today is a blessing to you as it is uh, right from the Word of God. And this is what he wants. Also, I'm excited because at the end of the program, I'm going to tell you about a brand new In Grace Adventure series that will not only be fun to watch, uh, you'll also learn a lot about the Exodus. And so I'll tell you more about that at the end of the program. But there is one resource that I'd like to talk about right now, and it's a it's a, a map and a chart. So on the front side, it's a map of the route of the Exodus. When I was a kid, I was very uncertain at the Bible maps, uh, exactly the route they would have taken, but I went and filmed in Egypt and Saudi Arabia, and I'm pretty confident that this uh, map that I'm going to send to you for free is the route of the Exodus. And on the back side, it's a, a whole diagram, uh, including a lot of information you know, where was the Exodus? Uh, where did they start from? Where did they cross the the Red Sea? And how many people were part of this and all of that? So um, I, I think this is a really nice resource and it will go along very, very well with the Exodus Found video series that I'll also tell you about at the end. But if you'd like to get the Exodus Found map and chart, then just contact us right now, 1-800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. I love this time of the year because it uh, reminds us of the harvest. Now, in Israel, the harvest of first fruits was a spring harvest. It was the winter wheat that would have been brought in in the spring. And I'll explain that a little bit more in the message. But I love the idea that I was taught at a young age to give to the Lord of my money. Now, we all know that we should give of our time. We should uh, give to God our service. Uh, we should give our lives to God. But money is just a very tangible thing that we need. And if we need it, it's hard to give it. I think naturally in our flesh, in our old nature, we don't want to give. It's kind of like uh, the devil, the world, the flesh. It's all about selfishness, right? But the things of God 
God is a giver. He wants his children to be givers. So it's this interesting dynamic as you walk in the Spirit, as you learn more about the Lord, it should change us to be givers. And my mom and dad taught us faithfully to give. I remember a story some years ago in our church. There was a young man who, his name was Mark, by the way. I'm not going to say who exactly that was, and you'll just have to think of who that would be. Um, but his dad, right before he was going to Sunday school, reached into his pocket and gave Mark a quarter and a penny. And he said, Mark, I want you to give one of these coins in the offering in Sunday school. And uh, so when Mark got back from Sunday school, the dad asked him, which coin did you give? And Mark said to his dad, well, just before they took the offering, my teacher said that God loves a cheerful giver. And I knew I would be a lot more cheerful if I gave the penny. Listen, listen, you will be glad one day if you give the quarter. You will be so glad. What we're trying to do is help all of us see past today, see past what's around us right now. We're trying to help you see spiritually. That's what church is about. That's what the scriptures are about, It's to take our eyes off this world and off our circumstances right now and look at what is eternal, what is important. We've been telling the listeners and viewers of our media ministry in grace to give an investment in grace, uh, to give to help us continue to reach the world with media. And I love the idea of an investment in grace because when you give to the Lord, you are making an investment that has returns that are out of this world. Returns that will never diminish, will never tank, will never rust or be stolen. That's this concept. That's what we're trying to talk about today is what can we do today first to show our love and obedience to the Lord, our faithfulness to the Lord, and also make an impact in eternity and make a difference in the way that the Lord will respond to us. We were taught as kids to tithe. A tithe, some people say, well, that's, that's under the law. People tithe under the law. Actually, the tithe was pre-law. It was before Moses. It was in the time of Abraham and Melchizedek. This idea of giving 10%, a tithe is 10% to the Lord. Now, some of you are saying, listen, we're barely making it now. We give to the Lord what we can we give to God uh, uh, here and there, uh, but we have to pay our rent, and we have to clothe our children, and I get all that. I truly do. Maybe you don't have a job. Maybe you don't have the hours you need, and I totally understand that, but I also know the importance of giving to the Lord supersedes our circumstances, okay? So here's what I'm going to challenge you to do this week. If you're not already a tither, uh, I want you to just say, Lord, what should I do? What should I do? And if you are a tither, ask him that same question. Lord, what should I do? What should we do? As a family, I want your kids to do this. Get, have your kids do their own cards uh, and make sure, you know, if they make a little or they get an allowance or whatever it is, teach them tithing now. 
because it's a great habit to get into. And let's say you say, well, I don't believe in tithing. Okay, then here's what I challenge you to do. Don't give a tithe. Make sure it's at least 11%. Now, you weren't expecting that, were you? Yeah, so if you don't want to tithe, then don't tithe. Give 11%. My wife and I have always tried to increase our, our amount that we give. And it's just amazing how God works it out and gives back to you in unexpected ways. Today, though, we're going to talk about this idea that we all will give an account. Uh, and I believe that you will give an account for your giving. We are going to look at four things today. The first one is this idea that there's a day of disbursement. Now, this day of disbursement has already occurred for you. And God has given you certain things, certain abilities, certain talents, although the, the talent that we're going to look at in Matthew 25 is not the talent of uh, an ability, but it's literally God gave us our things, our money. And uh, what, what are we going to do with that for the Lord? Let's look at Matthew 25 and verse 14. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is as, so this is like, okay? So God is trying to teach us what the future kingdom is going to be like. The kingdom of heaven is, I, th I would say, primarily Israel, but it also contains the church. We will rule and reign with Christ alongside Israel. Uh, but the kingdom of heaven is an important concept that Jesus spoke of a lot. And this is in the Olivet Discourse. The Olivet Discourse is a series of teachings here in Matthew uh, in, this, in this section that Jesus was teaching his disciples from the Mount of Olives. That's why it's called the Olivet Discourse. And he's covering different topics. He's speaking to, I believe at a certain point, he's speaking to Israel. At another point, he's speaking to the church. And at another point, he's speaking to the Gentile nations. Uh, and I think that's during the tribulation. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. So there's a man, he's going on a trip, right? He's leaving, He's going to be gone for a while, right? If you're going into a far country back then, you're going to be gone for a while because travel took a long time for sure. Who called his own servants. So this was a man of means, a man of wealth. He had servants. He had people that worked for him and delivered unto them, this is incredible, his goods. So we have a, a Lord, a master that gave those that worked for him his goods. While he was gone, they were to take his goods and, and do something with them. We have been given by God gifts. We have been dispersed by God, just like this man, um, gifts. And then it says in verse 15, unto one he gave five talents. Now, what in the world is a talent? I'm so glad you asked these great questions while I'm preaching. Uh, a talent is not, again, an ability although God gives those two, this is a weight. This is a weight that was used to weigh out something. So a talent was a weight, and it was a talent of a weight of an item. It could be a talent of silver, it could be a talent of gold, uh, but he gave five talents. And there's been some debate about what, how much is a talent, right? So generally speaking, it was the heaviest weight that they had for measurement, and it would have been, it could have been up to 80 pounds, some, some people say heavier. So we're talking about something very substantial. This was a large amount of money 
that he's given. He gave five talents to one. To another of his servants, he gave two talents, and then another he gave one. So we have five, we have two, and we have one. And you say, why? Why would God give someone more than another? Well, it says it right here. Every man according to his several ability, his own ability. So God has given you certain abilities, right? And God then has given you certain things based on the ability that he gave you. So if you see someone else that has more, what is the old nature's response to that? Why do they have that? Why don't I have that, right? It's jealousy. It's wondering, why would God do that? Listen, listen, don't worry about that. What, what are you responsible for? What God gave you. Embark on a journey to explore the inspiring story of the Exodus within grace. Call now for your free Exodus map, 800-78-GRACE. This map depicts the route of the Israelites during their escape from Egypt. When you give $35 or more, you'll receive the Exodus map and our brand new video series, Exodus Found, where Jim Scudder Jr. retraces the Exodus in Egypt and Saudi Arabia, diving into the Red Sea to uncover evidence of the miraculous crossing. For those giving $250 or more, you will get the complete Exodus package the map, the video series, and a beautiful, exclusive 16 by 20 canvas print showcasing the miraculous Red Sea crossing. And from now until the end of the year, a generous donor will be doubling all gifts. To get these limited time exclusive materials, call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. So what are we doing with what we have? Well, if it's, if it's $33,000 a year is the annual, the median individual income, so you times that by 20, you're talking about the one that was given one talent had over half a million dollars, $660,000. And again, I think these are hugely inflated numbers because of our economy and our country, but just trying to put it into our terms, Okay. And then the one that had been given two, of course, that was 1.3, and the one that was given five, that was million. The one that was given five was 3.3 million. These, whether or not it was that much money, it was still, no matter what, however you calculate how much is a talent and you know, all of these things, it's still a big, a large amount of money. Each of these servants received a lot. So the one that had five made five. That's incredible. That's a great return to double the investment while the master was gone. In verse 17, and likewise, he that had received two also gained another two. So these two did very well. Although they didn't have the same amount, they didn't have the same portion, they ended up with the same proportion. They both were faithful with what they have been given by the Lord and their disbursement uh, was, was proportionally the same. Their investments, the, what they did with that money, the work that they did with that money, returned back double. And that's great. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Now, this is absolutely horrible. Absolutely horrible. Why would he do that? Well, there's some, several reasons. One, he would have been scared. 
He would have been scared of losing his master's money. Some have also suggested maybe he wasn't as much scared as he just thought, his master's never going to come back. If I put it in the bank, there's going to be a record in the bank that it's his money, not mine. And when he doesn't come back, I want to take it for myself. And therefore, I'm just going to bury it. Either way, we know that the Lord was not happy with this one servant that had the one talent because he buried it. He did nothing with it. Here's what I'm hoping for you today. We've all been given a lot that one day you will not be sorry when you will stand before Jesus. I want you to be rejoicing. I want you to be glad. I don't want you to be sorrowful at that time. Now, how much of this is the Lord's? Of what they were given, all of it was the Lord's, right? How much of what you have is the Lord's? It's all the Lord's. Psalm 50 and verse 10 says, every beast of the forest is mine. And the cattle upon a thousand hills. Isn't that amazing? Everything is God's. We say it, but it is. It is true. Everything is God's. And then God is sovereign on how much of that he gives to you and to me. Now, in another parable in Luke 12, it talks about another servant God had given to, and the man was abusive of what he had been given and abusing other people. But this is the part I want you to look at. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. There is an important principle here, and that is we've all been given a lot. What are we doing with that? There was once a little boy. Uh, his name was not Mark. I don't know this little boy's name. But I do know the name of his dog. His dog's name was Fido. And he loved his dog so much so that one day the family was eating dinner and they had a really nice piece of roast beef. And the dad noticed the son had cut off a really beautiful thick piece of beef and had set it on a second plate. And the dad was suspicious of what this little boy was going to do with that prime piece of beef, he said, I think my son is going to give that to Fido. So the dad said, son, I don't want you to give that good piece of meat to your dog. But dad, I love my dog. I want him to have this piece of meat. And the dad said, no, son, we're not going to feed the best piece of this roast beef to the dog. You're going to eat that piece. And then whatever is left, We'll put it on another plate and we'll give it to Fido. Well, the boy wasn't too pleased with that, but of course he obeyed his dad. He ate through the meat and he ended the meal and he had a plate of scraps. And he comes down to Fido and he says, listen, Fido, I wanted to give you an offering. My dad made me give you a collection. <laughs> Here's the point. What are you going to give to God. Do you want to give him an offering? Do you want to give him the prime piece? Do you want to give him the best, the first? Or do you want to give him the leftovers? The leftovers. 
Giving needs to be intentional. It needs to be thought through. It needs to be prayerful. What am I gonna do for the Lord? I don't wanna give him the leftovers. I wanna give him the best. So we're in this series called First Fruits. And listen, I'm, I'm gonna say this. It's not necessarily giving God the best. It's giving God the first. Why is this important? Why is this important? Because in the society, they would plant the grain, and for all those months, while they were waiting for the grain to grow and to be harvested, they were worrying about it. Because you had insects, you have weeds, you have hail, you have all these things that can happen to this grain while it's out in this field. What if it doesn't rain, and so on and so forth. So finally, the harvest is, is up, and it's ripe, and it's ready to pick. So can you imagine how badly you need that harvest right now? But God says, no, I want you to take that first harvest, that first fruit, and bring it to me. That's tough. You know what that shows God, though? That shows God that you believe that he deserves this first fruit and that he's going to provide in the future. You are saying, I'd rather live without this that I have right now, knowing that God has promised me much more to come. Because what if they give God this first fruit offering, and then comes the hail and destroys the entire rest of the crop? And that certainly can happen. By giving God our first, we really are giving him our best. Some people say, well, Pastor Scudder, if you believe in tithing, um, how would that apply to my life today when most of you aren't bringing a bushel of wheat to church to give? And that's good because it would be hard for our ushers to count your offerings. It's much easier to count a check or, or whatever you bring. Well, here's how I would apply it to you today. I would, before you, you write a check for, or however you pay stuff digitally, for your mortgage, your gas, your electric, your car insurance, your house insurance, your food, important things like fishing, golfing, shopping, all of those things. Before any of that, we put at the very top of the list, giving to God, giving to God. There's actually a budget plan that's a Christian budget plan, and that's the first line. And that should be the first line. Give to God first. And we'll talk more about this tomorrow, and I'll give you the other three things, uh, the four days of giving. We talked about the first one today, a day of disbursement. Uh, but what follows after that is a day of reckoning, a day of reward, and a day of disappointment. So I'm hoping that your day is not a day of disappointment, but a day of reward. And we'll talk more about that again tomorrow right here on In Grace. Uh, right before we go, though, I've been telling you about a brand new video series that we produced here at in Grace, and it's called Exodus Found. It's a four-part series. Each part's about 40 minutes, and it's an adventure. Well, I'll take you to Egypt, and we try to follow the exact path of the Exodus. There's been a lot of debate on what body of water did they cross? Was it a shallow sea or a swamp, or was it a big body of water? And I'm a biblicist, so I'm going to follow exactly what the Bible says on these things, even if it goes against science or you know the way 
that things work because this is a miracle. Uh, when God parted the Red Sea, it's a miracle. And so we actually went diving in the location that I thought that was the crossing point, hoping to find, I don't know, a chariot wheel. You really need to get this entire four-part video series. And if you would like to give a gift of $35 or more, I'll send you this video series along with the Exodus Found map. Now, if you want just the map, that's absolutely free. Contact us, 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to ingraceradio.com. If you want the map, it's free. If you'd like to get the video series and the map, it's $35 or more. And if you can give $250 or more, I'll also include a beautiful canvas print of Moses parting the Red Sea. Call now for your free Exodus map, 800-78-GRACE. When you give $35 or more, you'll receive the Exodus map in the video series, Exodus Found. For gifts of $250 or more, you will also receive a beautiful, exclusive 16 by 20 canvas print showcasing the miraculous Red Sea crossing. Also, a generous donor is matching all gifts until the new year. Call 800-78-GRACE. Visit ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9. Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.